Happy New Year, Mavs fans. This is Kirk Henderson coming to you again with another episode of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. I'm coming to you a couple hours after the Mavericks fell to the Thunder on the road, uh, 106 to 101. Guys, I uh, I don't really know what to say about this one. This was the Mavs, you know, third uh, game and four nights, all three games on the road. Uh, they were missing Tim Hardaway Jr. after his hamstring injury against the Lakers. And they were missing Chris Stapps Porzingis, as we all know, after uh, he felt some knee pain during warm-ups. And the Mavs training staff, uh, you know, just basically decided to hold him off uh, from playing just out of a precautionary note. Um, let's circle to the good stuff first. So, you know, Luca was really, really scoring with ease inside the lane. I think he was 9 of 13 inside the, uh, inside the three-point line. You know, he was rebounding well. He was making some great, great passes out of, uh, pick-and-roll reads. Uh, his teammates, however, you know, weren't really hitting shots. He finished with 35, 10, and 7. Then Maxi Kleba was an absolute beast on the boards. He scored 14, and he also grabbed 14 rebounds. Uh, six of them were offensive. He was uh, pretty impressive on the boards. Uh, that's about it for the good, because the Mavs lost their uh, second straight game, and it was really frustrating if you watched the game live. They were up nine with, uh, I'm sorry, up seven with three minutes remaining. Only scored two points in the final three minutes. Uh, lost, you know, basically played terrible defense, play, you know, gave up offensive rebounds and then tightened up on offense. Uh, you know, this is a really key game for, uh, you know, Chris Stapp's worth. He provides that extra bit of spacing. It might not be much. It might be inches in terms of how close the defender is in the lane, but Luca, you know, the more he probed tonight, particularly after the first quarter, the Thunder closed off a lot of lanes to him. You know, he scored anyways, but the passing, you could just see it. it was the degree of difficulty for which he was playing was a lot higher than it normally is. And that's because Kristaps Porzingis forces his defender, usually uh, another post player, to step further out of the lane and be closer to him. Otherwise, they're going to pay the price with Kristaps uh, shooting the three. Because even though, you know, sometimes it feels like he doesn't shoot that well, he, he his threat is enough to keep the defenses honest. Um, the team shooting was also absolutely horrendous tonight. As a team, the Mavericks shot something just terrible, like 35% from the floor. And when, you know, you move past, past Luca, who didn't shoot the ball well from the outside, you really can see that the rest of the Mavericks didn't shoot, shoot the ball well either. It was a really odd regression game from Dorian Finney-Smith, for example, who shot, uh, one of eight from the floor and he missed all five of his attempts inside the three-point line which was a little bit strange uh you know Seth Curry couldn't find the broad side of a barn DeLon Wright was pretty bad Brunson was bad I mean yeah just going through this everybody except Clevo was pretty bad uh Powell didn't was shoot with enough volume so it's you know kind of hard to be critical of him um Luca you know you don't want to be critical of an MVP candidate. He's really, really good at basketball. But I think we need to pick apart an aspect of his game tonight, and that was his willingness to keep shooting the three. The fact that he took 16 three-point attempts and only made three is ridiculous. When, like I mentioned, he made 9 of 13 inside the arc. His unwillingness to probe the lane in the fourth quarter was a little bit of a problem. Uh, I don't think, you know, a lot of people feel like he plays like James Harden. I can see it in the play-by-play, -play, but overarching, 
you know, when you pull back and look at his game from like a 50,000 foot view, he's way more interested in getting everybody involved. He doesn't necessarily want to take that shot unless it's, you know, unless he, he feels like that's the best thing for the team. And I really wish he would have probed because he had his floater working tonight, just hit some incredible shots. And the fact that he kept shooting those threes is something he's probably kicking himself over. Uh, you know, he's only shooting 32% on the year. I went and looked at the stats. He's 85 of 269. And if you look at his game log, you can really see it because they're the, just these games where, like against the Warriors, he's shooting lights out. And then other games where he's just terrible. And he needs to find, you know, 32% is really not going to cut it long term. Uh, the volume, I suppose, is there. Uh, I know, you know, with, with with what he's shooting, you know, even if he can shoot a couple percentage points higher, it might only mean, you know, two or three more makes over the course of a month. But that that's it's just important for what the Mavericks do. And he just... He obviously wasn't the reason they lost, but just, you know, the last couple of three-point attempts that he took, they were just not good. When they're coming up short, he didn't have the legs. I really didn't understand why he kept firing. Uh, he was also pretty bad from the free throw line. You know, he took 12 attempts. He only hit eight. He probably should have gone to the line 20 times, but the refs, you know, they just they don't call that sort of stuff for him at this point in his career. Um, the other big, uh, you know, kind of bricklayer on the team was uh, Seth Curry, who's Three for ten, and when you go through his game log, even though he's shooting pretty good, uh, you know, percentage overall for the year, his game log is really one of a uh, hot or cold, where he he's I think he's something like six of twenty four in his last two games, and you can just see game by game where he'll go like zero for seven, one for eight, and then he'll have another game where he's seven for ten, things like that, and you know, this is why expecting him to be kind of that third banana scorer might not ever be his bag. I, you kind of got to live with it with him. He he's a he's obviously a, an excellent player. The Mavericks, you know, can use him. But this is tonight was a good example of you know why they needed him, and he didn't come through. And that sort of thing is 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 just pretty frustrating. Um, the last thing that was pretty bad was the defensive rebounding. The Mavs gave up 18 offensive rebounds. I don't understand why Rick Carlisle subbed out um, Dwight Powell. I mean, subbed in Dwight Powell for Maxi Kleba at about the 240 mark. Uh, Chris Paul went to the free throw line uh, on a on a you know drive to the hoop, and um, Dwight Powell gave up an offensive rebound to uh, Stephen Adams, and then Chris Paul hit a three. Now I don't know if anybody can really handle Stephen Adams on the Mavericks, but like Dwight Powell is not a good rebounder. He had four rebounds in twenty in twenty nine minutes uh, tonight. You, know, you look at it, a game like the Laker game the other night where he had 11 boards, I think. A lot of them was just the ball coming right at him off the rim. He's not good at fighting for boards. He's not good on position. Uh, he's he's just a slight guy compared to a guy like Adams. So I don't, you know, just putting him in, I, I suppose, for offensive reasons uh, is, is, is really a thing why Carlisle likely did that. But, it, you know, the Mavericks gave up points. And Powell is part of why. And I, I this is not a thing I, I entirely understand. Um, the other, I guess there's one more really challenging thing. It's that the, the clutch offense this year, if I were to, to dive into the numbers and I need to get Josh or someone else in the Moneyball staff, who's really good with the analytics on this to dive into it. But the Mavericks, they really suck in the clutch. Uh, it's been bad since the Miami game when, when, uh, Luca went out with his ankle sprain and it's, it's just not been good this year. I don't think. I think the Maver the Mavericks struggle to get off good looks in, cl in crutch time, which I don't understand why. They play the same basketball. 
I, I wonder if they're just a little tight, if it, this is a youth thing. Um, they haven't played too many clutch games, to be honest, because you know they're they're usually kicking the crap at a lot of these these lower level teams. So it's it's hard to say what that is, what the problem is. But the Mavericks really need to figure it out. This is where you know a, a loss like this, even though they're missing two of their five best players, a loss like this is why you can see certain fans saying, "Oh, they need something else. They need to add something." Don't know what it is. Whether it's a shot maker, whether it's a rebounder, they need to do something. I'm not on that that train yet, but I, I at least understand the argument because the Mavericks have to do better on offensive crunch time. They have good offensive players. They are one of the best offenses in NBA history. Not being able to get off a shot because of how many minutes are left on the clock and what quarter it is is pretty stupid, uh, and they need to figure that one out in a hurry. Uh, a couple other things to circle back on. This is uh, uh, really... <sighs> This is going to be the first time of the year that the Mavericks are, are facing adversity. Uh, you know, Luca had that that tape on his neck. Uh, KP is not feeling good in his in his legs, and and the Mavericks are banged up and coming off losses. And you know, they have a six game homestand, and this is the time for them to respond. Uh, I'm not sure how those games are going to go. I've, I've not really looked ahead to the schedule that much. But this is you know a snapshot in their season where we're all going to be paying close attention to see how they respond. Luca cannot be expected to shoulder the load on his own. His teammates have to start picking it up for him and, you know, playing defense, hitting shots, doing a lot of the stuff that I mentioned before. The KP uh, knee stuff is, um, it's concerning to say the least. He said he felt something in the Laker game and just hoped that, uh, you know, treatment would resolve. And when it didn't, the, the training staff decided to hold him off tonight. Not to be pessimistic or anything, but this has sort of been the deal for Porzingis his entire career, going back to before he tore his ACL. He would play pretty solid for the the first part of the season in the calendar year, and then when the, the clock would turn over to the new year, he would start to struggle. I suppose the argument against that would be that Porzingis hasn't really played that well yet. Uh, I think he has. I'm pretty pleased with his progress, but statistically, you can look at some of his numbers and you know, kind of cringe because he's not able to shoot very well right now. But this is just, you know, kind of in the, 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 the mark against him is that he's not built for the long haul. Now, he's already played more games than I would have expected this season, so I don't think that particular criticism is fair. It's something to look out for. They're obviously going to be very, very cautious with Porzingis and how he uh, and how he, he responds to treatment and what his pain level is and those sorts of things because he, you know they have a five-year investment in him and they want they want him to play for the long run but what happens when he doesn't play is that everybody else has to assume a different role and tonight's a good example of the fact that the rest of the roster might not be able to do that i still think they're capable of it in spots they played well enough when when luca was out so no reason for them to play if porzingis might have to to miss a little time but they need to step up as a team on on behalf of of uh you know Porzingis and whoever else might be missing time I think we all believe in this roster they're all kind of more than the sum of their parts some of them might be playing above where they've played in years past or uh, you know even months past but I think these guys and uh, you know have the the collective talent and also working within the system I don't see why they why they shouldn't be able to to do more um, that's about all we got right now. I've, uh, you know, had a pretty good year, enjoyed doing this. I, I hope, uh, you all have enjoyed listening to this as well. I appreciate the feedback and support as always. We will continue to try to put out other podcasts that are, you know, not necessarily game recaps and things like this, but 
between you know real life and jobs and and other things it's it's sometimes hard to schedule guests i'm always open for suggestions though so please hit me up if you have any ideas as always this has been kirk henderson with mavs moneyball after dark i want everybody out there to have a good new year we'll see you out there